What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show, episode number 34. I'm a day late on this one. It should have been out yesterday, but um, today is Thursday, and I believe it is September 29th, 2011. So uh, pardon me for being a day late um but i am um i'm running around like a madman lately i'm getting in the car driving to the city every night not to mention i have to be up at around set between 7 and 8 every day with a 28 month old baby boy so back off you judgmental jerks no i'm kidding um i'm actually i was going through a rough stretch here where like you know when you don't sleep for like a few days and you just need to catch up. Well, I didn't sleep. I was going to bed at like 3 o'clock in the morning, um, waking up, doing shows. I got all screwed up with the Montreal schedule. Uh, I have not been sleeping good, wasn't eating right. Um, And when I say not eating right, I don't mean I'm eating shit food. I mean I'm just eating at weird times and my, my schedule, my body doesn't know when the hell it's getting food. So I've changed that this week. I've been going to bed at a decent hour for a comedian, which is before 2 a.m. I've been eating my three, you know, square meals a day or whatever, just trying to to do the right thing here, man. Feeling a little better. Uh, Definitely losing weight. And I'm I'm trying to grow my hair back, people. That's that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm growing my hair back, and I've actually... You let it just grow. People are like, no, just let it grow and see, like, where you're at. Because I've shaved my head even from high school, even when, like, I knew that I had hair. I kind of always had it short, but I never just let it grow, and I didn't know if the top of my damn hair was gone. So I'm actually getting a little bit of coverage there, and I got excited about it, and I'm using Rogaine Foam, okay? And I'm proud of it. Rogaine Foam is working. I rub that shit in my head. I get the sweats and tremble for about two hours, but it's worth it. <laughs> no, uh, you know the funny thing about Rogaine Foam? They were like, yeah, and you'll see results. Your hair will, you'll stop losing hair and you'll start gaining hair in just four short months. And I'm thinking to myself, four months, like I get impatient with toast. Like sometimes I just pop the toaster up. I just hit the fucking thing. Just I don't even care if it's like medium toasted because I just want to eat now. And they want me to like go into this regiment. But I actually seeing like a little bit of hair. It's hilarious how it motivated me. So uh, I'm going for a little hair on top and the beard look. And uh, that's what I'm doing. So I'm trying to catch up here on my sleeping and eating right and doing all this stuff. And uh, feels good losing weight eating fucking Cheerios. You want to lose weight, I'm telling you, when you get hungry, just eat like a small bowl of Cheerios. Um, and I might even go on Weight Watchers. I am such a pussy. I'm using hair regrowth products, and I'm going to go on Weight Watchers. Oh my God, to go to the fucking New York City comedy clubs and get on stage. I'm trying to look better. Um, okay, so... What has happened since I've been back? Um, did, I did a great show. I had a great time. I did a show at uh, on the Cringe Humor Show. By the way, uh, if you guys are ever in New York City um, around, uh, you know, Thursday nights, 
Uh, I don't know if they do it every other Thursday or if it's every Thursday, but Thursday uh, night at Stand Up New York is the Cringe Humor Show. And uh, Cringe Humor, for you guys that don't know, Cringe Humor is a, um, I've talked about it, that's who represents me. They also have Cringe Humor Radio where they just play like the best of the roasts uh, that they've held. Um, you know, just comics that they've had on their cringe humor shows, guys like, you know, Jim Norton, Rich Voss, you know, Keith Robinson, uh, Bill Burr, Jim Florentine, um, all kinds of guys, you know, you know, great comics, Nick DiPaolo, um, and, uh, so you could check that out, Cringe Humor Radio, it's, it's, it's ongoing all the time, they put shows together in the city, they represent myself and, and a bunch of, you know, just, you know, other really good comics, and, uh, you know, so check out the show, they do a show Thursday nights in New York City, and, um, it's funny, I wasn't booked on the last one, and I needed to get on stage, because I had gotten back from, uh, Montreal, and a couple days went by where I wasn't on stage, and, uh, you know, as a comedian, that's like a no-no, like, you gotta get up, and, uh, not even for any other reason, and you'll be driving yourself and whoever's around you crazy, like my wife knows, all right, you got to get on stage. So I um, I got in the car, and I was just going to drive down to the city, and I was going to pop into Caroline's. I was going to pop into to Stand Up New York. I was just going to go to a bunch of places and say, hey, man, can I get seven minutes? You know, uh, most of the places are starting to know me now. So, you know, and sometimes they can't put you up. Sometimes they can. But on my way down, I get a text, and it was from the Cringe Humor guys saying, hey, a spot opened up. Do you want to do a spot at uh, Stand Up New York? And then I got there, and they're like, hey, do you want to close the show? And I was like, great, and it was a paid spot, and they were awesome. The crowd was it was just a great time, um, and uh, I highly recommend that show. And, uh, and then after that... Um, I got, uh, I told you guys that I had those free passes for those movies, because when we went to see, uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, which was absolutely terrible, somebody pulled the fire alarm, like, three quarters of the way through, and, um, it's funny, Joe DeRosa told me yesterday that the ending would have actually gotten me mad, that's how bad it was, so it worked out, um, but we ended up getting free passes, so, uh, we decided, uh, me... Uh, both of my both of my managers from Cringe Humor and uh, James Goff, a comic, funny comic, we all went to see Moneyball. And folks, I gotta tell you, three for three. Okay, I saw Drive, which I raved about, fantastic. Then I saw um, Warrior, which uh, wasn't like unbelievable, but really entertaining and really good. Um, and then got the trifecta. I'm telling you, the next movie I see. I'm really close to seeing an absolute disaster because uh, we go to see Moneyball and it was awesome. It was a home run uh, to do a play on words. He they hit it out of the park, people. Uh, what's it called, Brad? Uh, Brad Pitt. You didn't even think. You didn't even think it was Brad Pitt. Like after a while, he was playing so he's playing the character so well that it, you weren't. It wasn't even like Brad Pitt. It was like this other guy. It was great. Uh, just showing how, like, the inside of baseball works as far as just when you don't have enough money to compete with the big boys like the Yankees and the Red Sox and, you know, how to do it. And, you know, it was about based on the book that Billy Bean wrote about all the different, um, you know, strategies and numbers that you can use to try to mask the lack of money that you have, um, as an organization. And it was just a, a true story, really good movie. 
Uh, you don't have to like sports to like this movie. Uh, it was great acting. It, it kept you in the whole time. And uh, the fact that, you know, it was based on a true, you know, based on true stuff. Um, it was cool because they even showed footage of games. Like the movie opened up with the elimination game in 2001 of the Yankees and uh, Oakland. And I was at the game, game five. It, and uh, they show, like, the movie starts with that. And then they show how uh, the the athletics need to, like, rebuild everything. And Brad Pitt plays Billy Bean, the GM. Really good movie. I recommend it to anybody. Um, if you like sports and baseball, you're going to fucking, you know, bring napkins. That's how excited you're going to get if you, you know... If if you don't and you just like good acting and a good story, you're still going to love this movie. So either way, it's a win-win. Moneyball, highly recommended. Jonah Hill was awesome in it. Really, really funny and, and his character was great. Likeable. Uh, like I said, Brad Pitt nailed it. And uh, all the other little stuff, things that you wouldn't even know that go on in baseball that really kind of make you look at the game differently. So uh, Moneyball, man. Go see it. It gets the Verzi effect. It gets the Verzi effect uh, thumbs up here. Go see, go see it. You can't go wrong. I would see Drive first. Gotta see Drive. If you guys don't see Drive and you like movies, you're out of your mind. Uh, I actually saw Kevin Pollack, the actor, comedian. Kevin Pollack was on Twitter. Uh, I follow him on Twitter and he said uh, that he saw Drive and it was a perfect film. And then he said after that, he said, Moneyball will get more people. But Drive was more his taste, and it was perfect, and I couldn't agree more, and, and Moneyball was great too. So there you go. If you guys are going to go spend ten fifty or 11 bucks or IMAX 13 however much money it is in your neighborhood or where you are, I can tell you that you can leave the house knowing that if you go to these two movies, Drive or Moneyball, and you don't like them, it's you. It's you and not me. And do not come to me and go, oh, you said it was going to be good. And it wasn't. It's a. They're great movies, both of them. Go see them. I'm, I'm, you know, don't look in the paper. Oh, should we go see? Should we go see uh, whatever whatever movies they got out there? Some they got some stupid ones. You know, should we go see the fucking? I don't know. Uh, go see these two movies, and you can't go wrong. Um, but bring $150 with you because Sour Patch Kids. When I go to the movies, I want to get Sour Patch Kids and a Diet Coke. That's not too much to ask. When you think of something like that, you're like, that should be... When I just say out loud, Sour Patch Kids and a Diet Coke, the first thing that should that should come to mind is that six bucks, maybe six seventy-five. Okay, the drink should be maybe three and the candy... No, the drink is like five fifty. The small soda at a movie theater is, is comic. It can like quench the thirst of Somalia. It's it was fucking ridiculous. I was like, "How are you gonna give me like a bedpan so I can piss in the, the in the fucking theater?" Like, no human being should consume that much liquid in like a week, let alone in a you know hour and forty five minute movie. Uh, and maybe that's their reasoning for how expensive it is. But I even said to them, she was like, "Oh, for fifty cents more, you could get a medium." And I'm like, "Yeah, I just don't, I'm not gonna drink that much. Like, I don't care. It's not even about the money." I'm not going to fucking drink, you know, I'm not like a reptile who can drink once every, every month. I mean, that, that would really satisfy, it was ridiculous. Um, and the Sour Patch Kids, it comes in like this nice box, and you open them, and it's in that plastic bag, and there's like eight of them at the bottom of the bag. Um, I sound like an old, like an old father. 
complaining about, you know, they used to they used to have this, they used to have that. No, but um, anyway, go see those movies, and uh, it's just ridiculous how expensive they are. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so, um, getting ready to go on the getting ready to go on the road here. Got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Though, got to talk about some sports uh, later. I'm going to get into some sports later. Last night in baseball was incredible. Uh, there were some things that went on we will talk about after. Um, I'm kind of just, uh, you know, I'm trying to get over this writer's block that I've had. You know, as comics, you know, I, I've always said that, like, with me, it's like feast or famine, you know? It's, uh, either the floodgates are open and I'm writing a joke every fucking ten minutes and, and, you know, I'm getting gold, you know, I'm getting like two, three great bits in a week that like can go into my main set and then it shuts down and I can't write a joke for two to three fucking months. Um, it's, and it's weird because some, I, I can't just to say my, and then all of a sudden it just clicks. So right now I think the floodgates are like halfway open. I'm starting to get like these ideas and I'm starting to, to, um, you know, I, I could tell that it's coming. So hopefully I could get one or two gems out of that i know any comedian listening to this knows exactly what i'm talking about um and for you non-comedians like you know other comedians have different comedians have different methods like i've talked to comedians who are like thursday's my day to write you know uh we've talked about this before me it just has to hit me and um you know you just got to not be lazy to get the pen and write it down but hopefully it's coming i've actually been going down to the city doing other rooms besides comedy clubs because you know, those scenes of those trendy rooms and stuff, so, um, actually went out to Creek in the Cave, which is, like, a big, uh, a big room in Queens, a great room, uh, it's not physically big, but it's, like, a, you know, a well-known room, and it was really cool, but, uh, the, I guess with the holiday, they didn't have a show, uh, but I met the people there, they were really nice, I'm gonna do a spot there in November, and, uh, you know, I was running out, uh, running around doing that, and then just trying to, um, just trying to like, you know, when you're when I'm in the city, I like to make the best of it. So I'll literally go to one club and then I'll just after that, I'll just hop in the car and then on my way home, like whichever clubs are north, I'll just pop in and see. And last night there was a privately owned, uh, I mean a private privately uh, produced show at Stand Up New York, which was already booked. And there was like 45 fraternity dudes who were drunk and loud. One guy in particular it was annoying. So when they said that it was booked and I basically knew I couldn't get on, I was not relieved, but it was just you would have had to deal with just bullshit. And it's like, I just want to fucking get up to a real audience instead of some like street team fucking people dragging people off the street. Um, you know, it's amazing how you could be in this business. And uh, that's one thing, you know, that I, I really want to talk about on this episode, uh, episode 34 here. Um is, you know, no matter where you're at in comedy, no matter where you're at, and this this is actually pretty much goes for anybody in life, not just comedians, but wherever you are in life, let's say you're, you know, you're on your way up as a lawyer and you're doing better, or, you know, you're a new doctor at a hospital and they don't really know you, you haven't really proven yourself, but, you know, they heard good things, and you show up and you know people are kind of watching and judging you. There's this insecurity level. You know, there's insecurity that we all have as people, you know, and um, we try to mask it and we try to act like we're not insecure and that, oh, you know, it's, but we, you know, everybody has them, especially comedians. And like, 
it, no matter how good you're doing or people knowing you and stuff and you're moving up, you show up to a place and if there's comics on the show that don't have you booked, you just have that feeling like, man, I got to ask and they don't know me and it's a shitty thing, you know, unless you're really a made, made man who everybody knows and is doing hour specials all over TV, you know, for the most part, people know you sometimes in comedy, but sometimes they don't. So you're kind of just standing there. And you get this like insecure thing. And I'm not good with that. I don't like feeling like that. I don't like getting in the car going home feeling like shit. And I don't like, oh, excuse me, man. You think I could get like five minutes? I don't like doing it. I like showing up, seeing people I know. And you could go up to the person you know and say, hey, man, like, is this thing booked? Like, is there any way I could get some time? And then they tell you. That's cool. I can deal with that. But the whole like standing around and then you just feel like a dick, you know, if you can't get up. Um,. You know, but it you got to go out there and network. It's something that I used to not do. I'd be like, oh, fuck that. You know, I'm working this room. I'm working that room. I'm doing good. And I'll just get, I'll wait till I get booked. But no, you really have to, you really have to, um, you know, go out there, man. And still, no matter what, you know, I've talked to comics that were like, man, even when I'm not performing, just go out there, show your face, you know, let people see you. And talk to them off stage, and then when they see you do good on stage, they know, hey man, you know this is a, a good dude on and off stage, and and all that stuff. But it's really, really tough to do, especially for somebody like me, um, because you know you don't want to be, you know, let's be honest, you don't want to feel hurt, you don't want to feel, you don't want to feel, you know, insignificant, you know, you don't want to feel like you're just, you know, another one. Um, you want you because you know what you can do on stage. You know that if you get the opportunity, like I'm not going to say this being arrogant here, but if I get the opportunity to go on stage in front of a bunch of comedians that know me, as long as you know I'm on my game and I do what I got to do, I know at the end of this set they're going to be like, wow, this guy's funny. This guy's coming with you know some real shit. And we know that, so when we don't get that opportunity, you feel like shit because you're leaving going. You're almost, It's almost like you leave, like you ever do a show, like sometimes you could do a show or in anything in life. You know, if, if you just go and you do something that you do and you leave and you go, man, there's going to be some people that don't think I was the best here tonight. That bothers you. It's kind of the same, you know, when comedians see, you know, if you don't get on stage or you don't do, you know, I don't know. It's, you just have this feeling of like... You know, man, these people really don't know what I'm capable of, you know, and uh, and it sucks and I'm not good with it. Um, but I am glad that I'm going out doing this now because I am a little more known now, you know, not not hugely, but definitely like, um, you know, something really cool happened uh, the other night. I, I went to this spot, um, this show at uh, this place called Angels and Kings and they do something called Killer Comedy. Um and, uh, you know, cool people run the show. And I went in there and it was, you know, kind of empty, a bunch of comics, you know, just, you know, people just trying to work stuff out. And, um, you know, I just, when I was in there, somebody came up to me and was like, hey, man, I just really like your work. And I was like, really? Like, when you hear shit like that, like, you don't, you're just like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're actually one of the reasons I'm here tonight. And I was just like holy shit like that feels good you know you want that because that means you're doing something and people respect you respect you and you respect your comment and respect the direction that you're going in um so that that's cool but when you go to a place that and even if it's people like that aren't doing anything it's just if you just stand there and you have to ask for stage time it sucks and we're all insecure man and and that's that's the thing you know and speaking of insecurity the worst thing 
the worst thing that 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 goes on sometimes and it's something that I won't tolerate is a lot of comedians think that oh busting balls is a part of the busting balls is a part of the business you know you sit there and you bust balls and listen we all grew up with in the neighborhood with our friends and there was always hey yeah you know so and so did oh Verzi remember you did this and busting balls and you laugh and have a good time and that's fine you know, and if you went up to a girl and you said something so ridiculously stupid and she threw like a water in your face and everybody laughed at it, of course you deserve and you better get your balls broken because of that because that's a great story and even though it's at your expense, it's funny and you should take that fine. What I can't take and what a lot of comedians do is because of their insecurity, they'll just, you know, call you out or try to go at you because you're like, like I'll give an example, and I can't, I can't mention the comedians' names here on my podcast. I just can't. But I'll tell you guys a story about what I'm talking about. Um, when I was, I was at Caroline's, and I was doing a show, and uh, there was a comedian there, and I was just, you know, I was comfortable. I was comfortable in my skin. I was comfortable with what I was doing. I was focused on the show, but I was comfortable, you know. I was, you know, and and I just remember this comedian going. Get Verzi. Verzi looks a little too comfortable. Yeah, I don't even like that that jacket he's wearing. It's a little arrogant. I was wearing like this Adidas, one of those like Adidas jumpsuit like just jackets, like a black one with the three white stripes going down. And um, yeah, Verzi's wearing it. Yeah, I don't like. He looks a little too like like. And the guy was what he was doing was he wasn't comfortable, and he was annoyed that I, he was annoyed that I was 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 secure with myself at that moment and it's like don't fucking come at me see some comedians oh no it's just bust the balls you need to take it no 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 don't mistake it okay and don't try to tell me you know don't try to tell me oh you just can't take no, no i can take busting balls with the best of them like i said let's talk shit let's have a good time but don't go at me in public and try to like knock me down because you're threatened by me I'm confident in what I'm doing, okay? I'm wearing a jacket you probably want to wear but won't, you know, and, and you're going to go at me. And that's one thing that comedians do, and it's really fucking sad. It really is sad. And it's like, it, you know, if you know people like that, just say, just be like, seriously, just go up to them and just be like, you know, that'll be unacceptable for the week. That's unacceptable for the week. To just go up to somebody and just start going at them, you know? Because listen, man, at the end of the day, I'm not trying to sound like a pussy here, but I want to be real. You know, this is this is an episode where I really wanted to talk about real stuff. And I wanted to I wanted to to make people understand that, you know, at the end of the day, no matter how tough you want to be, no matter we're all people who don't want to be hurt, man. We don't want to be hurt. We're insecure. You know, we need we need to feel accepted we need to feel good sometimes not all the time sometimes there's not a place for that but you know what a lot of the times we need it and and when somebody one thing that i just can't stand for is if i'm standing there and i'm trying to be cool and i'm being respectful and i'm minding my business which i pride myself on always doing i mind my fucking business okay and then somebody you know, and this is a long time ago, and I'm just talking in general because I've seen this happen with comedians. I talked to one comedian recently who said he bumped into another comic, and the comic he bumped into goes, "Oh man, you look like shit. You do something." And the comic told me, he goes, "Yeah, you know, I just didn't want to go at him because I didn't want to hurt his feelings, so I just let him. I let him do what he needed to do to me to feel better, you know. 
and I just kind of let it go. And I was like, you know what? That's a great, that's a great move right there, you know. But I, I see me. I'm defiant. Okay. I, I like to, you know, and and I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My wife thinks it's a flaw of mine. People close to me think it's a flaw of mine. But like on a scale of one to ten, if you go at me at a five, I want to fucking demolish you at a fifteen. Like, so basically, I want you to be sorry for what you did to me, instantly regret it, then cry because I fucking threw you down that hard and then, you know, and just put you into this fucking, like that, like just put you into this, like, holy shit, I should have never fucked with this guy. Like, that's, that's how I, and and I really, I'm trying to back off of that a little bit, but like, don't come at me. And I would say to people, listen, just because you're insecure, man, don't fucking, don't come at me. You know, don't come at me. If we're not having a friendly conversation or if it's just something that you, you know, or like, you know, if you kill and somebody says something about one joke, which rarely happens, but I'm just using examples on how like, you know, there's a difference. So many people say, oh, you can't take it. You take things too personal. No, it's not that. I don't take things personal. Don't, don't fucking confuse me with, with shit because you're trying to justify why I'm more mature and I could handle it better than you. You know, I don't like that. You know, oh, you know, Verza, you, you're too, you, you can't, there's certain things you can't. No, it's not that. I can, I can break balls. I can make fun of me for the shit that I've done. That's funny. Like, I'll laugh at that. But don't just go at me because, it, you know, because, oh, yeah, look at this. Look at this guy's jacket. Listen, and it's like, yeah, what are you fucking nervous you're going on stage? Or you're nervous you have to follow me? Or you're just upset that I'm securing myself and I'm confident in my ability and what I could do and you can't take it. So the only way you could do it and, and release it out of you is to is to start going at me. You insecure cocksucker. You know, but nobody's gonna tell you that. Nobody's gonna admit it and, 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 and nobody's gonna be honest and real about it and they're gonna try to say, Oh no, I'm just breaking balls, but no, you're not. You're an insecure asshole. Alright? And, and and don't put that shit on me unacceptable for the week and I just don't like it I don't like feeling like that and again you know we're all human beings man we want to feel good we want to you know we want to I'm so much more productive when I'm around people who who are like you know secure and confident and like not like that don't have like don't want to knock you down I've had a you know I've had friends in comedy that I was friends with but because for whatever reason, jealousy or like, you know, and just trying to knock you down and trying to make you feel like less than what what's going on and stuff. And I can't have that shit. You got to cut that cancer out of your life. If you got people like that in your life, you got people like that, whether it's show business or anything, life, even as much as I hate to say this, even relatives and family, man, cut them the fuck out. Get out of my life because you're not doing anything. I'm trying to do something here. You're not. And you're upset about it. Okay, for whatever reason, you can't do it. I've just come to realize that there are some people that just can't fucking hack it. They can't they can't stick with it. They can't hack it. They just, you know, everything is an excuse. Yeah, but this and yeah, but that. No, but you know, the industry's like this and the industry's like that and it's everything but why they're not ahead. I can't fucking be around it. You know? It's just it's a bullshit, man. It's 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 like it's the truth, man. You either fucking want it or you don't. As corny and cliche as that, you either want it or you don't. You know, you could watch teams in sports, and you could just watch how the game on un- you know unfold, and you could go that team that team was not that win was not as important to that one team that lost. You could just tell that's what it is, and that that's what it is in life. 
You know, I think. You know, but don't come with me with your bullshit and your excuses and your insecurity and make me feel bad about the shit that I'm doing because you're fucked up in your head. Fuck you. You know? And and I, you know, it's something that we all have to deal with, but I really think being vocal about it and saying, call, call fucking people out. Because I'll tell you something, when you do call those people out, you know what's not going to happen? They're not going to go at you again, especially if you nailed it and you're right. Shut those people the fuck down right away. You know, and just go, no, I'm not going to fucking, don't, don't fucking do it. So, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to address that because um, recently, you know, I've seen just groups of comedians just sitting around like, you know, and there's a difference. There's a clear difference between insecurity and being a dick and then like good. Now, now the opposite is if like, like I was talking about before, if you're sitting down there, man, with your buddies and you, uh, you know, you were like, yeah, watch, I'm going to try this new bit right now. And you go up and it bombs. And people are laughing at you afterwards because you were talking about it and stuff. And you're goofing off and they're not malicious. That's funny. You know, that, then you go back and be like, yeah, what about the time you did that? Though? Don't give me your shit. Fuck, that's, that's funny. That's completely different than what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about, you know, just hating to hate. Because, you know, it's your own fucking insufficiencies. Um... And these people need to be called out on it, everybody. That's the advice. The words of wisdom on the Verzi Effect podcast show. So any comedian out there, anybody out there, like I said, you know, lawyers, doctors, movie fucking people, fucking cameraman, fucking garbage man, anything that you do. If, you, if you're a clerk at 7-Eleven and the other clerk that's checking in comes in and makes a comment at you because they suck at life and they're, say, fucking call them out on it. It would probably be in an Indian accent, but call them out on it. Don't you do that to me because you're insecure. Um, I'm sorry that I bursted out into a fucking... Uh, Alright, uh, anyway, what's going on? I just got like a bunch of comics all hyped up right now. I could tell. I could feel it through the computer. There's a few comics out there who's going to like go out tonight. And as soon as one comic says something to them, they're just going to be like, you know something? Just because your father didn't love you and molested you. And then I'm going to hear like a kid got shot in fucking Wisconsin because he heard my podcast. And he just went on a fucking rampage. Just started shooting everybody down. Just walking into play. You know, you didn't book me the other night. I'll tell you something. Fuck. Um, <laughs> people, parents calling me up crying, saying, my son listens to your podcast, my daughter listens to your podcast, and they just started fucking calling all their friends, telling them they don't want to be friends. All 12 of my listeners are going to fucking lose their fucking friends in comedy. Um, all right, buddy. All right. I just called you guys buddy. Let's get into some sports. Okay. Eagles Giants, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it because uh, I went in completely unconfident um, because I was at the Monday Night Football game, the Giants and Rams, the week before, and uh, it was a sloppy win, and it was against the Rams, and the Rams passed all over us, and I thought it might be an ugly day, but you know what? I figured something out about the Eagles, and I'm sorry, Eagles fans, but you guys can't do it this year, and the reason why you can't do it this year is because you're too you're too small. You're fast, but you're too you're too small, 
Vic gets hurt way too much. Uh, you know, and I just think, you know, that that backup you have, if Vince Young's not playing, and Vince Young, who knows with him, because even though he's good and he wins some games, he's a head case, you never know with him. But I, I saw enough with the Eagles to know that the Eagles don't stop the run and they're too small. Uh, Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, and Vic are all one big hit away from being out. And I know you could say that about other players, but I've seen... I've seen those guys get laid out, and, and I just think they're too small, and I don't think it's going to last through a, you know, 16, 17 weeks, then the playoffs and all that stuff with only one bye. I, I don't see it. So um, it was a great, great win for the Giants, man. Running the ball, uh, the, the, the injury uh, to our wide receiver, the kid that stepped in for him, um, Victor Cruz, was awesome. Uh, Knicks was good. Um, so it was great. It was great. I love to see it. And um, I liked also because Steve Smith left us to go there. So him, you know, taking that loss felt good too. Um, but no, it was crazy, man. Buffalo Bills are 3-0. and Detroit Lions are 3-0. and The Jets lost to Oakland, which was awesome for me to see just because Rex Ryan needs to, you know, be knocked down. Even though I think he's funny, he needs to be knocked down a peg. And uh, Oakland took it to the Jets, man. That was awesome. Uh, so yeah, the, the football's been, football's been exciting, um, and I think that the Giants now can build off of this win, they're playing the Cardinals this week, if they beat the Cardinals this week, I think they'll be, what, they're going to be 3-1, and one, and that's a great start to the season, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, man, Eli Manning, unbelievably underrated, He's underrated. Look at his numbers in clutch situations. They're better than Phillip Rivers in clutch situations. Even though Phillip Rivers throws like 600 to 700 more yards a season, Eli Manning is is better in clutch situations. He's look at his wins. He's just he's a, just an underrated quarterback. Now he may be only in the top 10 in football, but you know what? There's 32 teams and I'll take that guy. But New York Giant fans, oh, I don't know if Eli's the guy. Here's a problem with New York fans. Okay, New York fans, especially, especially like, and which doesn't make sense, but teams that win, uh, you know, Yankees and Giants, I've noticed this, but just maybe it's the market because it's so big and it's so big with sports, but New York fans do not appreciate when they have something good. Okay, it's like if you have a hot girlfriend, okay, and you're banging her every which way to Sunday, and then you get tired of her, and then you end up breaking up with her because you're bored of her, and then you start dating somebody else, and you're going, holy shit, what did I have? It happened with Patrick Ewing in the Knicks, okay? Nobody realized that we had one of the best centers ever. He was phenomenal. He 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 made the garden exciting. He brought us back. He was I mean there are clips of that guy. He was so underappreciated, admittedly so now by the New York public and himself, and he admitted that he didn't appreciate what he had in New York, and it's just a sad thing. But you know, I remember the days of Dave Brown quarterbacking for the New York Giants. Okay, he went to Duke. And he quarterback for the Giants, and the Giants sucked at quarterback for years and years, and all we did was rely on a defense. And, you know, now we got this guy who's stable, okay? He won a Super Bowl for us, won one of the best Super Bowls ever for us, okay? Played great. I think he threw seven touchdowns to one interception, that whole playoff run. He did it all on the road, all right? And just because he's not this big, flashy, you know, guy, and because his last name is Manning and his brother is a superstar, 
You know, he gets shit on. Eli Manning is underrated. He's a great, stable quarterback. And you know when he's going to be appreciated? And this is really sad, but it's going to be appreciated when he's not there anymore. When number 10 is not under center for the Giants anymore. We're going to remember Eli. Yeah, he might not have been the greatest in the world, but he was really good. He was good. And people forget. People are so quick to forget. Man, I am dropping knowledge on episode 34. Oh, my God. This is good. This might go down as epic. This is like... You know, making you bastards think, you Verzi effectors thinking. You know, and I'm going at my own team here with this, my own team's fan base, because it, it's just so ridiculous. Tom Coughlin needs to go. Let's get Bill Cower in here. Yeah, really, let's get Bill Cower in here, because he hasn't coached in, what, a fucking decade? So he's just going to come in and all of a sudden, people are so stupid. Tom Coughlin has an unbelievable winning record. Unbelievable winning record. And he won a Super Bowl, and he's taken other teams to you know AFC Championship games. He's 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 always he doesn't the guy does nothing but put a good product on the field. But because he's old and the Giants lose some games, they should win. Fire him! It's just so stupid. Have some stability. Stay the course. Look at what the Steelers have done. They've had three coaches in thirty years. They're doing pretty good as a franchise, aren't they? You just got to get players that buy into the system. You know, the coach stays the same way, stays the course, believes in a philosophy, gets the right players to execute it, and good things happen. That's it. Yeah, we're going to get Bill Cowell and hopefully get a draft pick, and then, then we're going to get, you know, we'll get Eli out of there because he was all right. He won a Super Bowl, but uh, this kid from fucking Arkansas looks good. It's like, dude, shut up. You know nothing. You know nothing about football at all. Um... So anyway, hopefully the Giants continue to do this, continue to win, and I just want to see good football. It's just sad watching the Colts play because, like, just 0-3 and just seeing Peyton in the... That's really sad if Peyton Manning doesn't ever play again because of his neck and they're saying that, like, it's really serious. And, I mean, let's be honest, people. If this guy's going for, like, stem cell research stuff in, in, in countries, you know, where they're doing stuff that's not legal here, he, he's in bad shape right now. And uh, it would be, it would be a shame, but you know he's a great passer. He's got his Super Bowl, um, but you just can't take a hit to the neck by some three hundred and fifty pound, six foot seven mammoth running at you like that can end it all. So he's got to be careful. Uh, okay, on to baseball. Last night, and I'm going to be the first to tell you guys I'm not been into baseball this year. Okay. As sad as this is to say, I've taken more pleasure in watching my favorite baseball player, Robinson Cano, um, you know, do good rather than just being into the Yankees. And and I, I don't know what else to say other than, you know, my heart is not in it as much just because of the money we spend and the people we got. Now, listen, I love my team. I, I can't fault. The fans can't be, you know, at, at, at fault for that. I understand all that. I do. But it's like I just... Like, when A-Rod and Teixeira and Cano and Jeter and all these, like, superstars are getting up and we're beating the shit out of teams, I can't get that excited about it. They've put me in a position where I'm like, we have to win this game because we're better. Um, so, I mean, listen, I want to see them win. I want to see, I'm going to watch them in the playoffs. I'm going to do all that stuff, but I'm just not going to be, like, you know, like when they beat the Mets in 2000, I lost my mind, you know, with those teams in the 90s and, and, you know, 2000, even 2001 when we lost to Arizona, like, I wanted that really bad. But, like, now it's like, all right, you know, we should win. And it sucks to feel like that. But they're in. They did their thing. But how about the Red Sox and Tampa Bay Rays last night within three minutes? 
I walked into a comedy club last night. I looked at the score. Yankees were winning seven nothing. I go, right, we're going to eliminate the Rays. And then I start seeing the home runs, and I oh seven six. Holy shit! Imagine. And then boom, on my way home, I put it on in the radio, and that guy Dan Johnson or whatever hit a home run to tie it. And then I come home, and after, after the I, they they went to the Red Sox game on ESPN, I guess, and they show the end, Papelbon blowing. The, I gotta I gotta just say this: Papelbon's overdramatic staring to the catcher is seriously unwatchable, and it is one of the worst things I've ever seen in sports. That stupid, like, look at the ground and then look up, like he's Rick Vaughn, uh, the wild thing. Charlie Sheen in Major League. It was. It's just so stupid. It's like, are you really taking yourself that seriously, you fucking dope? You know, just fucking look at the catcher and pitch the ball with your stupid, like, head up, like, oh, here I am. I'm the rock star. It's like, shut up. And when he when he gave it up and just walked away, it was awesome. It was awesome. Well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, he said. I mean, and I guess that's a great answer to just have people, like, walk away. But come on, you know that guy was puking in his car on the way home from the stadium. Or wherever the hell he was, puking on the bus. It was, it was a terrible loss. They collapsed. All right, as much as you want to say, I know people want to say, oh, you can't always win. No, you can't always win. But you also can't always drop 20 games in the month of September and have the most colossal collapse in Major League Baseball history the past hundred-something years. Give me a break. It's embarrassing. Lucky you won those World Series. Otherwise, this would be this would be unbelievable, and it's still unbelievable. And I do like how Red Sox fans are like, yeah, we shouldn't be off the hook. That was terrible. But I hope they don't fire Francona because I like Francona. I think he's a good manager. He's done great. I mean, the guy's won the... The only World Series there in all those years, uh, he won two of them. So, I mean, you keep him, you, like I said, stay the course. But what a unbelievable. And then after Papelbon gives up the win, gives up the game, then they go into the locker room, and then three minutes later, they see Longoria hit a home run against the Yankees to win, and they get knocked out of the playoffs. It was a double whammy. Punch to the face, and then to add insult to injury, just kick to the balls. Oh, my God. So the Red Sox are out. Tampa Bay is in. And uh, that was pretty... Yeah, and then I guess uh, the Braves collapsed and the Cardinals came back from nine games. Unbelievable ending. Uh, To be honest, last night made me wish I was into baseball a little more this year than I've been. But um, it was still really cool to... uh, to see, you know, even from the radio and then and then onto the TV. So um, I'll be watching my Yankees uh, tomorrow, you know, and uh, you know we'll see, we'll see what happens. The NBA doesn't look, the NBA doesn't look like it's going to uh, happen, or they're going to threaten to lose games. I swear to God, man, it's just so stupid. It's like how much money can these people, and we're the ones who suffer for it. But um, all right, I know that I've bored. Many non-sports fans with this podcast towards the end of it, so I apologize. But uh, what can I say, man? There's a lot going on. I got to talk about it. Um, and uh, now we'll get into some plugs here. Uh, well, like I said, please though, please do check uh, cringehumor dot uh, net. I believe it's cringehumor dot net. Check them out. It's awesome. They got the best comics. They got the best clips. They got radio. They're, they're doing. They're doing everything. So. Uh, check that out and um also check out their show thursday nights at stand up new york it's hosted by dante nero or uh, james goff and uh but it's dante nero's show dante's with cringe he's a fellow we're on the same roster it's awesome so check that show out um and uh what do i have coming up here next week 
As a matter of fact, a week from today, which will be October the 6th, I will be opening for my good friend, uh, Bill Burr at the Addison, Texas Improv in the Dallas area. And we're pretty excited about it because that Saturday we will be going to the Red River rivalry game, which is Oklahoma. They do it every year. It's Oklahoma and Texas at Cotton Bowl. Uh, I heard it's about 100,000 just rabbit maniacs screaming. So we're going to go to that. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be drinking and partying at that because we have two shows that night. I think two or three shows that night. Um, but that'll be a fun afternoon. Uh, always a great time opening for Bill. Not only is he a great friend, but he brings great, smart crowds out. And, uh, you know, it only gets you better. So that should be really fun. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Then the week after that, okay, if you are in the tri-state area, I will be headlining... Joker's Wild in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, New Haven, Connecticut, famous for Frank Pepe's pizza. Um, it's like the best pizza in the world, literally. Um, but I will be headlining Joker's Wild on October 14th and October 15th. Um, and uh, you could check their website out. Just go to Google, type in Joker's Wild, Connecticut. All the information will come up. Um, my website has it wrong right now. My website says like the 21st or 22nd, so I need to change that. But it is on the 14th and 15th. Um, so check those dates out. So October 6th through 8th, uh, I will be at the Addison Improv opening for Bill Burr. And then the next week, the 14th and 15th, I will be headlining Joker's Wild in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, this has been episode 34. I hope that it has been... As thrilling for you to listen to as it was for me to spew. Um, so I guess the moral of the story is anything could happen in sports. Here, I'll sum up episode 34. Anything could happen in sports. Okay. Eat right, sleep right, and try to get on a good schedule. All right. Go see Moneyball because it was a really good movie. And if somebody's being an insecure dick trying to bring you down, just fucking go at them harder and shut them down and make them look themselves in the mirror and say, holy shit, I suck. That guy was right and he called me out. And if you are in Texas or Connecticut, come and see me perform. That is episode number 34. My name is Paul Verzi. I am a comedian from New York. And uh, I... Um I'm going to end this one awkwardly with nothing else to uh, to say. So until episode 35, later.